the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so you didn't think it was going to make a difference, did you? I mean, we've all known that Joe Biden is as crooked as Grand Avenue and a two-bit, dirty, corrupt politician. But one thing's for certain, when we have these discussions, and when you, and I say you because I refuse to associate with them, unless, of course, I'm at the airport where I was, and you could always tell the Democrat, Louis Vuitton bag and a mask on, stand in the corner, dummy. And in the meantime, when you talk to a Democrat, no more Mr. Oh, he's just a Democrat and there's corruption. Joe Biden is a traitor to his country. The reason that the Chinese Communist Party bribed him, along with oligarchs around the world, is because he is a traitor to his country. And the policies that we are suffering through are the ones that are intended for a controlled demolition of our society. Well, he strengthens the enemies. That's why they paid this idiot. And in that fact, that unavoidable fact to me, is the bright spot because what you get to see now is the new crop of Democrats, scum, traitor, liars like Congressman Dan Goldman. Dan Goldman is somebody you would have never known. He is the Levi Strauss heiress. I'm, what do you mean? You think it's heir? No, I don't have to flip him upside down to find out he's an heiress and I'll never buy a Levi anything again. And in fact, what I do own and I own a lot of them going in the garbage can if I already haven't tossed it. Dan Goldman is the next generation of Democrat scum-lying traitors. Doesn't that contradict the president's statement saying that he never talked to any of Hunter Biden business associates? Clearly he talked, whether about the weather or whatever, but he said specifically that he's never talked to them. Doesn't this contradict that? I, I don't know what his comment is, and if we're going to... Well, I don't, I don't think that's what he said. He never said that he has never spoken to anyone. He said that he had nothing to do with Hunter Biden's business dealings. If he says hello to someone that he sees his son with. Now, I'm not sure, Squirrel. Uh, I would assume that Dan Goldman is another scumbag slip and fall lawyer with a law degree to never practice, but got the law degree because it's a license to steal, in particular with politics and lobbyists and the rest of it. But uh, I'm willing to bet he is, in fact... A, uh, a lawyer. Could you find out for me the heiress to the Levi Strauss fortune? Well, is he supposed to say, hi, son? Oh, no, I'm not. Oh, he is a lawyer? Gee, another one. Another safe bet I won. Did I win the under and over of 50 for, for Chicago? No, 47. Ah, just missed it. going to say hello to the other people at the table or the other people on the phone. Don't you love that? He's not that bad. He just said hello. Hi, Chinese communist man. I hope you and my son get along. What are you guys discussing? I don't want to know. Got to leave the room. 
So, so to confirm, you're saying that the speakerphone conversations, they don't seem concerning to you because there is no specifics about business, and it just seemed like it was clear that it. it was clear that it was as part of the daily conversations that Hunter Biden had with his father. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What about the crack, the crack binges? Was he talking to him from the hotel? Were the hookers calling? How did that work? And as far as your other premise, you're wrong again, slippy, false, scumbag heiress. So here you have the president's son who's talking to his dad about his business deal with China, admitting the guy he is dealing with is the Chinese government's spy chief. It's all- What do you mean I'm insulting him? Do you know what the kind of legacy this scumbag follows when you talk about Anthony Weiner or notable communists who have been caught stealing money from their campaign war chests? Yes, AOC. To top. This is the next generation of the Democrat lying traitor to his nation. Almost unbelievable. Joe Biden has sort of been asked about this. His response, I didn't know anything. Watch. Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas dealings. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. So as a congressman, Dan Goldman is an example of all Democrat congressmen. Do you think they're going to investigate what happened to the $1.5 billion contract to build homes in Iraq after we blew the hell out of it and killed at least a half a million people? Do you think Dan Goldman wants to know, did Biden's brother ever really build those homes? No, he's going to say pay him. Uh, The witness, Mr. Archer, was very clear that Hunter spoke to his father every day Um, that and he indicated that he. Now, why? No, 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 I'm dead serious. Why would he speak to his father every day? Here he is, a grown man. He's old enough to do crack and get hookers and sleep with his sister-in-law. Why would he call his daddy every day from the time he was a vice president until the time he was the thief in chief? Estimated about 20 times over the course of his 10-year business relationship that he had with Mr. Biden, which would be with Hunter Biden, which would be. You know, what's great is that most people won't realize that hunter biden has been on the board of amtrak since he was 21 that joe biden this is the modus operandi of laundering money because what dan goldman wants to continue is that laundry scheme so that the rest of his colleagues can be worth untold amounts of money and no one will ask why but i'm going to ask why and here's the thing i'm going to ask why not just because democrats are thieves i know you steal the money that's how you live you can't make money honestly you either inherit it or you steal it But that includes a lot of Republicans, a lot of Republicans right now who are attacking Trump, ex-congressman that I've never heard of. Do you ever hear of a guy named Will Hurd? Don't worry. Who does he look like? He looks like Michelle Obama. He's got that underbite. In fact, I'd like to see Michelle Obama and him try to pick up a soup bone without using their hands. Be like watching two bulldogs chase each other. One of the things we need in our elected leaders for them to tell the truth, even if it's unpopular. Donald Trump is not running for president to make America great again. Donald Trump is not running for president to represent the people that voted for him in 2016 and 2020. Donald Trump is running to stay out of prison. And if we elect, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Listen, I know the truth. The truth. You wouldn't know the truth if it bit you on the ass, you unfortunate looking CIA operative. You see, Will Hurd was a CIA officer for nine years operating in Washington, D.C. 
and as an operations officer in Afghanistan, Pakistan, and India, respectively. After operating in the CIA, Heard functioned for Crumpton Group LLC and Fusion X in Texas. You know what that means? He was a bag man. And it turns out that Heard has a net worth of between 6 and $14 million. Now, how does a two-bit CIA agent and a two-bit congressman amass between 6 and $14 million? How does he do it? If he pays his 50% taxes on his salary? Turns out he recently has purchased a Ford F-150 for $83,500 and added it to his luxury car collection, including a Mercedes GLS, a Range Rover SUV, and he gifted his wife a $140,000 Porsche. How does a two-bit scumbag CIA agent amass this kind of money? I know, Will Hurt, because you, too, are as crooked as the Bidens. And that is why they're coming out from under the rocks, and that is why we are in the predicament we are in. And the other aspect is, it's a sideshow anyway. Because the last election wasn't real. Am I supposed to pretend this one will be? This is all theater for us. Because what gets ahead is absolute and total political crime. And all you need is a stammer, a mental illness, and a story from before the Depression. I went to a Catholic grade school. We didn't often get invited to the cotillion, which was in the local school down the street. You hear him, Squirrel? Sounds like he's dying. Sounds like he's dying. He sounds worse than Pee Wee Herman did Friday night. Mount Pleasant School. And so I got invited, and I was going to go. I was all excited about going. I think it was ninth grade, maybe it was eighth grade, a little dance. And there was a guy who was a good athlete. I was a relatively good athlete. He was a good athlete. Yeah, good athlete. You make breathing. Look like a triathlon, you moron. From the school, the other school, big guy. Became friends, but uh, so I'm getting dressed and I didn't have a shirt to wear. So my mother got my uncle's shirt, who was so smaller man. But don't worry, the story gets better, Squirrel, I promise. It ends eventually. My dad and French cuffs and rolled up the cuffs so it looked like it fit. And I couldn't find my dad's, we couldn't find my dad's cufflinks. So my mom went and got a nut and a bolt. See, now that story, nuts and bolts, his cufflinks, his uncle's shirt, not a word of it is true, but it is supposed to take away from the fact that over two-thirds of Americans think Joe Biden is mentally unfit to be president. And I would say 90% know he's a traitor and a crook. A recent NBC News poll found more than two-thirds of all voters say they have concerns about the president having the necessary mental and physical health to serve. Really, I think it's more of a traitor. You see, Joe Biden is sponsored, owned, and operated by the Chinese Communist Party, among other oligarchs. President Biden's son, Hunter, has admitted making hundreds of thousands of dollars from his association with the company backed by the Chinese Communist Party. While the admission directly contradicts previous denials, Hunter... So we now know that the son has admitted, beyond the shadow of a doubt, offered to pay taxes, trying to get out from prosecution. And what is it all about? The fact that he is in bed, in business, with communists and oligarchs. We now know that he talks to his father daily, thanks to the Levi Strauss heiress. And in the meantime, you're supposed to believe that Joe Biden is not a traitor. Well, he is. And what we're having is a theater when what we should have is an arrest. 
And I want to be very clear about one thing. Uh, he did describe that there were a, a, approximately 20 occasions over the course of their uh, nearly decade-long business relationship where when one of them called the other, um, that Hunter Biden would uh, ask his father to say hello to whomever he was at dinner. He said there were sometimes when it was friends and sometimes when it was uh, potential business partners. So I want you to think about every policy, every decision, every movement that the president has made, every bill, every executive order. And I want you to realize that this is the whoosh and the direction of the enemies of America. Pick one. You want to pick the Chinese communists? Fine. You want to pick the Russian oligarchs and the Ukrainian oligarchs? Why not? Because you know what else happened this weekend that should get news? They want you to believe that Ukraine bombed Moscow. Ukraine sent drones. The same Ukraine that we had to send our troops over there to figure out what end to fire the bazooka out of. Now they've got drones in Moscow. Sure they do. This is actually a live look in Moscow. Some uh, developing news that we are following from overnight. An overnight drone attack on Moscow, injuring one person and temporary close, temporarily closing an airport. So you can see if you look towards that building. Now, in the, in the meantime, Putin has already bombed Zelensky's hometown. But my contention is this. Ukrainians didn't bomb Moscow. They don't have the know They don't understand. They don't have the equipment. They don't have the know-how. They didn't do it. We did it. Like we blew up Nord Stream 2. We did it. Like we blew up the dam. We did it. Like we blew up the bridge. Joe Biden did it. Because he was paid to start World War III. That's exactly what he's doing. The traitor election thief rat that he is. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free. On the Sean Thompson Show. On AM560. The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Why is no one discussing the fact that everything this president's done since he usurped the office not only needs to be removed and completely examined, but a forensic audit of all money spent? See, Joe Biden is an asset of the... We have the prima facie... It's over with. We got it. He admitted it. We got the guy that flipped. Now what? We're going to impeach him? He doesn't know if it's Tuesday or July. You think he's going to know if he's impeached? Hunter Biden, your son, was getting paid a lot of money to serve on the board of a Ukrainian energy company facing serious corruption. Yeah, he's going to sound better, Squirrel. Trust me, this is from a couple years ago. And that dementia is eating his brain like a Pac-Man. It wasn't as bad then. Gets worse every day. Tomorrow it'll be worse than it is now. Charges. You were the vice president running point on Ukraine. The average Joe hears that and says, that sounds fishy. What's your understanding of what your son was doing for an extraordinary amount of money? I don't know what he was doing. I know he was on the board. I found out he was on the board after he was on the board. And that was it. And there's Sure. Is that the same way he found out about him being on the Amtrak board at 21 years old? This now, Jillian. This is intriguing to our viewers at home. Archer tells the House investigators that Hunter Biden put then-VP Biden on a speakerphone more than 20 times to sell, quote, the brand, in parentheses, in business conversations. And Chad goes on to say that... Isn't that whether the Democrats hated Trump? He was a brand salesman? I specifically remember that. Trump University, Trump Tower. Remember, they hated the fact that... But he was actually a businessman, as opposed to somebody who was nothing but a two-bit senator who's been selling the brand for five decades to the enemies of our country. You know, like a traitor. 
Archer testified that there was a value of adding Hunter Biden to Burisma's board uh, was the brand. Burisma is the energy company out of Ukraine. Uh, the argument was that then Vice President Joe Biden brought the most value to the brand. There's that phrase yet again. Archer also stated that Burisma would have gone under if not for the brand. So we now know that they needed the money, the billion dollar loan guarantee and all of the political connections. My question is, why does it stop with him at the time that he did this? Was he the bag man for Barack? He likes big butts and he cannot lie. Wow. In December of 2015, the owner of Burisma, a gentleman, the CEO who ran the company, placed constant pressure on Hunter Biden to get help from Washington, D.C. regarding the Ukrainian prosecutor, Victor Shokin. You remember that. You remember all this, right? I mean, am I the only to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, right, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor. There it is! Like bringing Pritzker a hamburger. It's on a platter, fat boy. Now eat it up! What the hell is going on? To tie this all together now, this energy company, Jillian, wanted to do business in America. There was even a suggestion through the story that they wanted to be listed on the New York Stock Exchange. But they could only do it if they got away from the investment. Good thing they had that uh, uh, the other guy who looks like a turtle out of his shell that beat Bugs Bunny. Ginsler. Ginsler's on the SEC. You can run him right through like you did Sam Bankman Freed. Nobody knows how the hell he got registered. You took care of that too, didn't you? Investigation that was pending back in Ukraine. And this is the theory that Republicans have now is that they had to draw Hunter Biden into it. It's not a theory. It's not a theory. Sorry, I know you're a Fox guy. We're all supposed to love you. It's the fact, Jack. Now do something about it. Craig, Mount Greenwood. Hey, thanks much for taking my call. Yeah. Now, this uh, whole situation with this uh, Department of Injustice, where they were going to try to round up the Devin Archer and all that, um, I'll tell you what, they didn't want him to get a question and everything, and I think that uh, Devin Archer would be smart to really spill all the beans to take away their incentive to Epstein him, because I think if they got a hold of him, they had him for a couple nights over there. They're not going to Epstein him. What's going what's to happen is the Republicans should immediately be all over Heinz, because Heinz is the other partner. Immediate. How did they all skip prosecution? They all made the same money, and only Devin Archer is the one in trouble? That goes to show you the one with the weakest clout. Now it's time to go after the other ones, because I got news for you. None of them want to go to prison. You know who else doesn't want to go to prison? Fatso Chris Christie. And that's exactly his allegation with Trump. He takes this case to trial, and he's convicted, which based upon what I've seen in the indictment, I believe he would be. Then he's facing jail time, because part of what the Department of Justice has always done under all of the attorneys general that I've seen in my lifetime is if we offer you a plea, which I'm... Now, you know, he's not talking about Hunter Biden. He's talking about Donald Trump, this fat slob. Certain they will. And you turn it down, and you take us to trial... And you're convicted. That judge is sending you to jail. And I think that's what he goes to bed every night thinking. Every night. And all this bravado and everything else, I've known him for 22 years. And when I was doing these cases in New Jersey, and I would put political figures in jail, he would say to me, I could never do that. I could never go to jail. 
And I'm telling you, no matter what he says, no matter how he's bragging and, and going on and on about him not being afraid, he goes to bed every night thinking about the sound of that jail cell door climbing, closing behind him. Yeah, who do you think would do better in jail, Chris Christie? You or Donald Trump? Because they'd be passing you around like a beanbag. You'd be lucky you get out of here, you don't have implants on your back. Eduardo, Tampa Bay. Yeah, Sean, two stories are already connected to China. The uh, warehouse in California and the public public school funding across this nation. This love, this guy should be moving to China. Well, there's a lot more. Listen, Joe what Joe Biden has done to reestablish the money flow that was for a very brief stipend in time upset, never ended, but just upset during the Trump years, is double it and triple it. We're giving over $2.6 trillion to China every year. And this is at the direct direction of our government. Our government is the one that it puts these policies in place. You know, I love capitalism. This has nothing to do with capitalism. This is strict redistribution of wealth from American taxpayers to enemies. Those same ones who bribe Joe Biden and a multitude of politicians. Of course, I'd like to see, not like Dan Goldman needs the money, He's the heiress to the Levi fortune. 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on the Sean Thompson Show. At AM560, the answer. AM560, the answer. Nice, squirrel, nice. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how you doing? How was the weekend? Splendid. How are you? Good. Listen, this Chris Christie, I watched uh, all of these news programs over the weekend, mm-hmm. and every time they interviewed a guy, all he did was attack Trump. I mean, does he have anything he's running on? You would or think that think Oscar Mayer would. The nomination? You would think like mm-hmm. Oscar Mayer and Vienna, they would put stickers on him, you know, like a race car right. driver, because he's everywhere, and you want to advertise on that blimp. In the meantime, he's running for the corporatist party. He's running for the same party Will Hurd, another idiot Republican. He's running for the same party that Joe Biden represents and Dan Goldman and uh, Paul uh, Ryan and all the rest of them. They like the corruption the way it is. So he's running as an obstructionist. No, he knows no one takes him seriously. Nobody. Right. Well, why even get in there? You know, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Because he wants the free food. being nominated... uh, for a Democratic uh, nomination than he does for the Republican You know how nomination? much money's in this, Rich? Seriously, you know how much oh, money's yeah. in this? I mean, okay, so now, now, tons of money. now, how do you think a, a, an ex-CIA imbecile like Will Hurd amasses between 6 and $14 million? How's he make it? Now, you work your ass off the whole time. I do, too, and I do very well, and I have to pay taxes. Right. So you take 50% off every dollar. How do you amass this $6.9 million? And then you take a look at Will Hurd. He's got a shady mortgage deal on a land purchase. He's got inside traders. This is how they make their money. So they're running to protect this because what happened, the beauty of Trump, even if you didn't agree with him, the beauty of Trump is that he exposed just the kind of systemic corruption that this government has. I mean, it is it is from top to bottom. And I'll, I'll use a little example uh, about Dianne Feinstein. Now, here's this, this placemat, this idiot. She was an idiot when she was the mayor of San Francisco. Idiot again. She's 90 fracking years old, sitting there looking like Popeye, cross-dressing Popeye. One eye's closed, one eye's open. Funds, priorities submitted. 
Yeah, just say aye. Okay, just aye. Aye. Thank you. Now, the reason I played that is, who is that? See, that's who just voted. That dimwit is the one that just voted. But that gives you just a small look into exactly how these bills, how these laws, how these regulations, how these bureaucrats, these unnamed bureaucrats, the true systemic problem in this country, the bureaucracy, it's the boss. Diane Feinstein just sitting there, hoping she doesn't soil another seat. George, Chicago. Hey, Sean, how are you? Okay, so first off, that Chris Christie, did he forget that he shut down uh, the bridges bridges there from New York uh, from Newark to uh, New York? Well, he, he shut down the bridge, he shut down the beach, and then he, took a, he went sunbathing, where a couple of natives ran out of the bushes, kept trying to shove them back into the ocean. Shove them back. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I like the Greek music. So, uh, also want to want to uh, talk about the. Uh, it's not just the DACA, right? The the, the new bill that Pritzker signed in for uh, non-U.S. citizens, right? Some people are saying it's DACA. It's not DACA uh, focus. It's actual non non-U.S. citizens. Right? Yeah, um, to be our policeman. You know, the, well, somebody's got to yeah. wave the cartel trucks through. Well, exactly. Yeah. exactly right. I mean, can can all the smart people, uh, you know, in government, can't they figure that out? You're going to have some bad apples there. George, did you hear what takes effect on the 1st, on January 1st, 2024? Well, it is a recurring issue in the criminal justice system. People who get out of prison only to return. Today, Governor J.B. Pritzker signed legislation aimed at addressing that problem. WGN's Gaynor Hall tells us how. Governor Pritzker says these are common sense, evidence based reforms aiming to improve the state's supervision system and keep people from cycling in and out of prison. Me, I'm fortunate to be in the position I am in. I had a long ride. I didn't have a lucky ride, a special ride. I've been through a lot of stuff, but uh, I learned along the way. With rap star Meek Mill in the crowd standing behind him. Meek Mill, that's got to be big. I never heard of him, but I'm sure he's wonderful. Yeah. Governor Pritzker signed Senate Bill 423 into law. In fact, more than 25% of people who are released from prison in Illinois end up back behind bars, not because they're recidivists, but instead for a non-criminal technical violation what about the other 75 percent george 25 percent are technical but what about the other hey dummy what about the other 75 percent you see they don't care about this now we've had 60 people in chicago 60 that we know that are shot by somebody released from prison early how many robberies rapes uh carjackings how do you even quantify it you can't so what does illinois do they want to make it even easier to cycle them out after the police catch them so whose side are you on right yeah, yeah. So like here's said, the good news. I say I can't going. wait to watch an illegal alien try to arrest a 14-time gang-banging felon. It's going to be wonderful. It'll be like a Escape yeah. from New York. I just hope they televise it, and I want to. I got to buy one of those popcorn machines like the theater. Thank you very much. Because uh, you better move out too, Chicago. What the hell are you doing there? Yeah, I'm, I'm making those plans, Sean. Oh, everybody is. Everybody is. See, and that's what we do, right? We 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 say the the truth, no matter what it is. Because if you're watching this and you live in a Democrat hellhole, what will you do? What's it going to be like after the first of next year? That's not a system designed to improve public safety. The governor says the legislation improves education credits to encourage people on parole or mandatory supervised release. What about the regular guy? Whoa, whoa. What about the regular fracking guy? That works his ass off, pays, and doesn't break the law. What do you do to him? Oh, him, you tax. Oh, that makes sense. 
to pursue a degree or career certificate. Streamlines the process for early termination with more transparency. See, this is what we do. Keep rewarding bust outs and deadbeats and criminals. What about the honest guy? Tonight, possible relief for more than 7,000 Coloradans who took out student loans for College America. Yeah, we first exposed the complaints before the trade school closed a few years ago. If only you would have went to College America, Squirrel. This guy who made College America, he went, what? They just disappeared. He kept the money. And then the kids who got the loan, what do they do? You don't pay it. Who pays it? You do, Squirrel. Good thing you're not in Colorado. In the meantime, where's my other girl here? I got another one. I know I do. Where is she? Uh, the communist, uh, what's her name? The fake Indian, honey bunny. Brian Gurney. Hey, Sean. Great show, as usual. Hey, I like to talk about our climate arts, John Kerry. Oh, he's he's got a great plan. Oh, he's got a great plan, Sean. He wants to cut uh, farming where there is no farming so people could starve. You know, yeah. the, re- the reason why he's doing this is so he could, he could have people eat bugs and plants. That's his whole agenda. That's what he wants to do. So let him set the example. Eat bugs and plants. Well, the agenda, the agenda, Brian, is to make America poorer. See, that's what they want. They want you poor. Because when you're poor and you get onto the welfare system, you become complacent. Like all of these neighborhoods where the government has the most intervention. Just pick one. You can call them ghettos. But in the meantime, they need you subservient to government because then you'll never ask, hey, uh, Will Hurd, how are you worth $6 million? Can you show me? Can you explain it to me? Elizabeth Warren, you made a lot of money flipping homes after the collapse, yet you said you were an Indian, you said you didn't have any money. Turns out you're a millionaire. And when you were a lawyer, you represented credit card companies, much like the Bidens. And so we've been together fighting to try to cancel student loan debt. Student loan debt is a racial justice issue. Really? That's an insult to people who don't pay their money back. Why do people of minority standings don't they don't pay their loan? What exactly is Elizabeth Warren saying? And now that she says this, nobody focuses on how much did you lie on your applications from everything from college to job applications to loans that you were an American Indian instead of a descendant of the cowboy that killed him. Huh, Chuck Connors? 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Let's go late and lift the world. For Muslim, for we cheer for Muslim athletes like Kareem Al-Jub- and 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 Joan Shingang. I'm going to pass for Shanga. Yeah, impeach him. He doesn't know what day it is. You're going to impeach him. Come on, man. Tom Eswego. Sean, how you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? Hey, I have, I'll tell you what. I, I love listening to you. So many things you talk about is affecting my life right now. My daughter just moved back from Mexico. She was there six years. I have a two-year-old son. Oh, congratulations. The who's, think, and the, but yeah, but the husband who's college educated, mm-hmm. does website design, yeah. support himself cannot get here it is ridiculous and then we're sitting around the table last night with my other kids and my daughter was here just just infuriated that we're paying so much in taxes and they're letting Tom how insane is this how insane is that it's I'll tell you it I'd love to pull an Elvis sometimes if you know what I'm talking about (laughs) the TV because it it infuriates me but you know this is the issue this is why They've never worked on that aspect of making it easy for decent people. They make it very arduous. And, you know, if you come here uh, and you want to do it the right way, you spend 60, 
50, 40. If you know somebody, you spend 30 grand and 10 years doing it. See, I like immigration. I think we need it drastically. Oh, I do. But, but, I do too. But here's the thing. Sean, here. If you make it, if you make it, if, well, it's like everything else. You incentivize failure. You're going to get more of it. And that's the shame. Well, get this. Get this. My wife and I can't sponsor him because we're over 60. Now, does that make sense? So my youngest son, who has to have, I think, a minimum of like fifteen or 20000 in the bank, and he has a good job, he can sponsor him if he can get here. The whole system is broken. And these politicians that are becoming millionaires, while I'm out here running a small business, busting my tail 80 hours a week, I'll tell you, they're discouraging young kids today to ever try to you know, better themselves. Tom, you want to know, this is why I know it's intentional. Because it's broken. It's not broken. It's rigged. It's a rigged game. You're right. You're right. Because what it does now is it takes people who can't go through that, don't know anybody, and they say, ah, forget about it. I'm going to do it the wrong way. And once you do it the wrong way, you're two things. You're afraid and you're complacent. And then if the government comes to you and says, listen, listen, you filled this out. You do this. You live here. You vote like this. They say, okay, because they don't want to be thrown out. So you've got this, you know, a scared, a scared person, we saw it through COVID, is very pliable and is the perfect slave. And that's why they want it this well, way. I'll tell you, we, well, I'll tell you, Sean, we joked with them in the beginning and said, I mean, why don't you just come right over the border? They'll, they'll fly you to Chicago. They'll yeah. jump in a hotel. They'll give you everything. So what's the difference? In it? And we were joking. We wanted them to do it the right way. Do you know why they don't want to make it? They don't want to expedite it. Do you remember what happened with Cuban Americans and dry foot? Cuban Americans became the best Americans for the principle of liberty, freedom, and Americanism. To this day, you meet a Cuban, they're the best. And the Democrat Party was terrified of that because they couldn't con the Cuban because the Cuban lived under their policies and they understood where it led to. So they always were a block of the Republican Party. That's why they refuse to make it easy to become a citizen. So guess what, Sean? We're going to spend Thanksgiving in Ontario, Canada, because he's got a passport and he can fly to Canada, which is a lot closer than Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, for us to go. It's so ridiculous. Well, listen, you're going to have the best Thanksgiving of your life. And is he a big guy? Is he a little guy? We will. Yeah. Is he a big guy? Uh, Ivan's sort of a thin guy, but he's he's missing my two-year-old uh, grand. No, no, you got to put him in the trunk. You drive through the border smoking a cigar. <laughs> put a 50 well, in your hand. Don't you worry about it. I, I, I can do it the right way. We're, we're going to pray to God that, that he just gives him some opportunity. That's all. You know what you need? You need a, you need a good politician. You, you, you need a good politician. Well, you know what, Tom? We're going to get your information. We're gonna, let, let, let's get Tom's information. All right, I want to get his information. I, uh, I'm going to talk to my congressman down in Collier County, Byron Donalds. There's a man with a mission, and there's a guy who understands why, in fact, we have to right so many wrongs. And that's the other thing. If you were in a good area where you could go to a politician who wasn't interested in enriching systems because his cousin owned the service that got the money or the subsidy, then you could maybe get some headway. But the Democrats have things just the way they want them, and they always have. Eisenhower answers America. The Democrats have made mistakes, but aren't their intentions good? Well, if the driver of your school bus runs into a truck, hits a lamppost, drives into a ditch, you don't say his intentions are good. 
you get a new bus driver. You see when politicians could speak clearly, you know that that guy right there, Squirrel, you know why you call it the Eisenhower Expressway and it's called that all over? He built the entire country's highway system in four fracking years. That's what it looks like when you want to get things done. We'll be back after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. So a few months ago, I had stumbled across a book. I started to read it, and I was enamored with it. I found it to be fascinating. The name of that book was called The Parasitic Mind, How Infectious Ideas Are Killing Common Sense. I immediately sent it to the lovely Honey Bunny. I, I said, please, get me this author. I'd like to have him on the show. I knew because the book was so good, he would be incredibly busy. I did not know he was also writing another book, the new book, The Sad Truth About Happiness, Eight Secrets for Leading the Good Life. It's out now. My next guest is really a fascinating individual. He um, has held visiting associate professorships at Cornell University, Dartmouth College, and the University of California, Irvine. He's written five books. He is Dr. Gad Sad. Thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Sad. How are you? Oh, it's so good to be with you. Thank you. How are you doing? Well, I have to tell you, your book is something that I want my kids to read because it's something that has gone lost, and I think our generation is the last generation to understand the only thing in life you can control is your attitude. That's it. You can't control anything else. And if you can control it, your emotions will never really control you. And that is kind of the trick to being happy in arduous times, is it not? Indeed. And uh, the ancient Greeks, specifically the, the Stoics, exactly knew that more than 2,000 years ago, Sean, right? Because they, one of the central tenets of Stoic philosophy is that it's not so much the event that causes us injury. It's the manner by which we respond to the event in question. And so cognitive behavior therapy today, which is one of the most uh, effective tools we have in, in you know, mental health therapy, is exactly based on this tenet, right? If you hold a certain set of cognitions incorrectly, that's causing you pain. Alter that cognition, and hopefully your behavior will change accordingly. So you're exactly right. You know, the blessing I have is that um, although my mother was born in the 40s, her mother was a child in the Depression, and I lived with them. And it was fascinating to see this woman who had grown up during the hardest time in history, you could argue, in America, anyway. And you see that these people never uttered the word anxiety or depressed. <laughs> and every day I got up, she was in the kitchen, she was happy, even if my grandfather made her aggravated, he was happy. And that entire generation of Americans who lived in abject poverty really did not, for the vast majority of them, did not suffer from anxiety or depression. And now in America, we have, what, 80% of the people are on antidepressants? Exactly. Well, listen, uh, that's one of the reasons you, you were kind enough to mention my earlier book, The Parasitic Mind, and then my, my current book on happiness. If you, you might remember, Sean, in The Parasitic Mind, I talk about my childhood growing up in Lebanon and the 
the horrors of the Lebanese civil war that we went through. Well, that story, that background is just like with your grandmother going through the you know economic difficulties. Paradoxically, going through such stressors actually allows you to develop an anti-fragile mindset, right? It allows you to not, you know, break up, you know, in a very brittle manner because you've been exposed to important stressors. So, yes, of course, you don't wish for anyone to go through the, the horrors of the Lebanese Civil War as I did as a child. We, you know, we're Lebanese Jews. So it was not, you know, very... I'm remembering uh, your book as you're talking and the fact that you had to live in hiding for months and that the cleaning lady was the one that turned you in or did she not... You know, you'll have to forgive me. It was a while ago. I read a lot. But it was fascinating no, you're, you're, story. You're off, on the cleaning, you're off on the cleaning lady part, but certainly the hiding part is yes. exactly right. Yeah. And that, you know, my parents were eventually kidnapped by Fatah on one of their return trips to Lebanon. Yes. So, you know, it, it's difficult to come up with a more harrowing story than what we went through. And it's precisely that, though, that allows me to contextualize anything that I go through and on a day-to-day basis. Let's suppose I'm getting down on myself because I've got too much pressure, because I have to go do this or that. And then I stop and I say, wait a second, you miraculously escaped, you know, in a one to million odds, this very harrowing reality. Stop whining, you know, pick up yourself and let's move on. And so, it, so exactly like your grandmother, I use the difficult you know, history of my childhood to actually propel me forward. But it's a conscious thing that you do. And this is something that I think more and more people have to do. You know, I'm watching a a, a generation and I have kids in this generation and they are reeling from what they allowed to happen to themselves. And that is in America and also in Canada, where you're from, how the government took away your life for three years. This is something I would not accept. And I moved about the country where I could find freedom, and there were 20 states that put up a fight. But so many people don't want to do that. They don't want to go to that discomfort. And then I think it's because they allowed themselves to have their freedoms taken away from them that they must never get out of that funk. I can't figure out why people can't pull themselves out of the funk that they were put into. Have you done some study on this? And what are some of the secrets that they can implement to maybe drag themselves or tell their kids how to pull themselves out of this Mindset. Sure. So as relating to the general, you know, concept of freedom, I do. I mean, I certainly talk about freedom extensively in the parasitic mind. But in the happiness book, when I'm discussing how to find the ideal job, the issue of freedom does come in in the following manner. So I argue that the ideal job, to the extent that it's possible to pursue it, if you don't have other constraints, has to have two elements. Number one it has to allow you to instantiate your creative impulse. So whether you are a chef or a stand-up comic or an author or a podcaster or an architect, you are immersed in creating content. And that usually will get you purpose and meaning. The second, to your point about freedom, I argue that a job that grants you temporal freedom, all other things equal, is going to be one that gives you happiness. So temporal freedom is exactly what I have in my job, right, Sean? Mm -hmm. I can wake up after having worked till four in the morning and then go off to a cafe and work on some paper that I'm working on with a colleague, then I can take a break and go exercise. In other words, I am really the master of my schedule. And by having the ability to kind of navigate, you know, through the day in any way that I please, I I get a great sense of freedom. So in that sense, I think freedom could be linked to happiness. I remember when the Cold War was going on, how um, you would see defectors, uh, from the Soviet Union, and you would get 
some of the writings of the people who lived under an unimaginable oppression. And they would write about a positive mindset. And this was something to me that I, I, I saw throughout history. There are just a certain amount of people, and it's not really something you're born with. It's something you teach yourself to do. And if you master that, you're never really poor. You're never really oppressed. And that is, to me, something that I think is lost in America. And I'm wondering if you think it has something to do also with the implementation of pharmaceuticals to control moods. This is an, obviously a failure, and more people that are on it are going to continue to be on it. And I'm wondering, what are your thoughts about medication and mind? Or is this something you should be able to do without medication? Right. So uh, if you look at the, the psychiatric profession, there was a time, say, under, you know, in psychoanalysis, where everything was caused by the environment. So if you had paranoid schizophrenia, it's because you had a mother that was uh, schizophrenic, right? Mm-hmm. And now we, we flip to the other side, whereby every single mental ailment that you have, there is some pill that you can take, some pharmacological intervention that hopefully solves your problem. And like most things in life, Sean, the truth, the optimal point lies somewhere between those two points. So there are some cases where having a particular organic mental disorder requires pharmacological intervention. But for many things that we suffer from, just talk therapy, having someone, whether it be a therapist or whether it be your spouse or your best friend or your mother, that could be just as effective in getting you out of uh, your blues. But to your point earlier about, you know, the, the positive mindsets that you have, let me tell you a quick story from the last chapter of the happiness book. I tell the story of uh, arguably the most remarkable guest that I've ever had on my show, who's not a famous man. His name is David McCallum. He was charged with, a, with murder when he was 17 years old, ended up spending 29 years in prison before being exonerated. He came out, I think he was 46 or 47 years old. And as I was chatting with him, Sean, I looked at him and I said, you know, you must be the reincarnation of Buddha, David, because you seem to be completely well-adjusted. You don't have a sense of vengefulness. If I were you, I would be wanting to, you know, burn the world down. I would be so angry. And then he told me something that speaks exactly to the positive mindset that you mentioned, Sean. He said, look, I have a sister who's been bedridden with cerebral palsy for much of her life, and yet she still finds time to be smiling. And so I don't really have much to complain about. I mean, how remarkable is it for someone to have 30 years stolen from their life, and yet he's still smiling? Well, and also it's empowering because you realize that, that this man made a choice in an unbelievable circumstance, to not let the circumstance beat his life. And that's the power of controlling your own destiny. And I think that has been lost. Parents, few anyway, implement this in their children. And it's difficult to implement in your children because society writ large doesn't seem to share that anymore. And that's what makes me feel good about being a little older. I wouldn't want to be a kid today when society is telling the kids they're victims. And that's how you see uh, constant policies of victimization and, and con- you know, manipulation and collectivism and the picking winners and losers. And I'm wondering how we can get back to the mindset that I thought was unbreakable, that writers oh, from the Soviet yeah. Union wrote about America and said, no, the mindset of the American is too strong. They'll never be a good socialist, a good communist, a good Marxist. How do we get back to this yeah. in the mind? Well, you have to eradicate the orgiastic, 
ethos of victimology that you spoke of, which I, I do discuss at length in the parasitic mind, and I also you know pick up in the in the happiness book, and you have to return to an ethos of meritocracy. And I mean, Sean, I see it every day as a university professor, right? Uh, every day we have to celebrate some new identity group. Oh, congratulations to the first indigenous transgender whatever. Yeah. Why? I, I don't present myself to the world as. Uh, the first Lebanese Jewish uh, heterosexual. Yeah. <laughs> heterosexual. Celebrate me. I love I women. I wish they were doing that. I'd be driving a Porsche. Go ahead. <laughs> I just present myself to the world as God with all of my qualities and faults. And that's personal agency. That's individual dignity. And the sooner that we get back to that ethos, the better we'll be as a society. There's something else I noticed. And I'm wondering how we can break this, this mindset of a slave. Why do so many people care what others see? I've always judged myself the hardest, and I judge myself often, and I use my judgment openly, and I criticize a con artist. Yet you see this cowardice in society where they're afraid to tell a loser, stop giving me advice, you're a loser. I almost miss the audacity of the self-righteous... Well, you're 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 a man after my heart because anybody who follows me on social media sees how I can become quite indignant at all these charlatans. So a few weeks ago, I I faced a situation where I was trying to decide: should I go after this guy who is spreading this message of full positivity, love is love, kindness will yeah. win all wars, like really nonsense, or should I keep my mouth shut because he's got this great podcast and maybe I want to get on a show? And then I thought to myself, that would be inauthentic. How could I be arguing in my book that existential authenticity is a pathway to happiness and then yet bite my tongue? That would be fraudulent on my part. So guess what? I let it rip and I went after him. So I'm completely with you. You need to call out people that are peddling nonsense. Well, I can tell you, this is the second book I have of yours. And I I, I promise you I'm going to read the rest. And uh, one thing you should never do is keep your mouth shut or your thoughts to yourself, because I really, I think this is the kind of book that could change the trajectory of hundreds of millions of lives. And this is what people have to understand. They can be in control of their attitude, and that's the gift you give them. So I want to thank you for this. And I want to thank you for the book, The uh, Sad Truth, Happiness, Eight Secrets for Leading a Good Life. And I'm going to fake your signature. Do you mind that? I'm going to write to my best radio interview I've ever done, my friend Sean Thompson. <laughs> You don't mind if I forge your signature, do you? Um, Sounds great. You got my clearance. <laughs> In the meantime, thank you so much for making yourself available, and I cannot wait for your next book. Please let me know when you're writing it. Thank you, sir. Great talking with you. Cheers. My pleasure. We'll be back with your calls and comments. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Sunday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. The weekend. You know how many people are smiling right now in their car? You have no idea, Kate, because you're young. That show, I'll tell you what. And that's why I had Dr. Gad sat on. You see, the reality and the, of what we're living through, of the Biden regime and the illegitimate presidency and the fact that Joe Biden, the upper echelon of all our bureaucracies, are treasonous, traitors to our nation. You're going to have to control this. We've got two years. 
And they're going to try and, when I say they, I mean the body politic. And even Donald Trump. They're going to try to get you involved in an election that was stolen. And nobody has told me why it's not going to get stolen again. And the reality of what's happening to our economy, the controlled demolition of the American economy and the backdoor nationalization of entire sectors of it. Most Americans are a $400 unexpected expense away from bankruptcy. Now, this moron has been going around for two years telling you how Bidenomics is working. You got to hang in there. But even they know the truth. So ultimately, what is it going to look like? Well, you're going to have to control your attitude towards this. Because the reality is, if you're waiting for the good guys to come and rescue you, who exactly would that be? I want to ask you about your investigation, but first, let me get to this breaking news. I have in my hand a letter from the Department of Justice that was sent to the Southern District of New York on Saturday. Uh, By the way, Devin Archer is testifying on Monday. Do you ever see, do you usually see the DOJ send letters like this out on a Saturday? Never. Never. This is the first time I've ever heard of the Department of Justice doing anything on a Saturday. Because the Department of Justice is trying to protect the infrastructure of corruption that they have allowed to be built out of a republic. That's what they're doing. And then the other thing is with uh, Comer, what are you doing besides raising money about it? I mean, really, after all, what are you doing? You have the, the evidence you need. You have the facts you need. You have the, the bureaucracies that need to be cleansed. Why aren't we moving forward with that? And in the meantime, the Democrats are moving forward with their agenda at every turn. I would say uh, uh, our, our country should be more fearful um, of, of, of white men across our country because they are actually um, causing uh, most of the deaths within this country. Now, I didn't hear a lot of APBs in Chicago. We had how many? 47? Seven? And that's just Chicago and Philly. I, I'm wondering, Ileana Omar, you brother marrying dimwit, how many of the APBs were given for white men? And the answer is, it doesn't matter, because the people who are voting for Ileana Omar would vote for her no matter what. She's already been caught marrying her brother, and in the hub of many financial scams of her campaign, including recipients of government money to the tune of millions stealing it and she will win in perpetuity because the democrat voter doesn't care about any of this the democrat voter is in on the fraudulent scam and all they want is more money for 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 nothing any of these residents say they no longer have any tolerance for the disruptive behavior by those seeking asylum here. It's making them feel unsafe. They disrespect us. They rob us. They harass us. And their patience is wearing thin. Let me say this. They got one more time to deal with it because otherwise next time they deal with it, they're going to deal with it from the streets. You're not going to do anything. You're not going to do anything. There's, this is what it's like. This is what you voted for for generations. And now the chicken has come home to roost. So listen up, dummy. This is what you get when you vote for the mafia. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome. On the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. So tomorrow... Most people are unaware of this, but tomorrow the Department of Energy is set to start penalizing incandescent bulb distributors and retailers with fines of as much as $542 per bulb. Can you believe this is America? 
per bulb. If they don't like the way your bulb is lit, $542. They're going to help you. They're going to save you from you. Now, this isn't about what's best for the environment, because if they cared about what was best for the environment, they'd stop blowing the hell out of at least four different countries where we're bombing right now. It's about absolute and total fascism and corruption, because their schemes are riddled with corruption. And I have good news for you. Other countries that have been subjected to this kind of fascism, countries that are American communists, like to pretend is some socialist utopia, they're nixing a lot of these projects. Uh, we've got uh, what James was saying is true. And last week we mentioned the Swedish company abandoning their uh, Vad Blatten or whatever they're called, abandoning their North Sea windmills. This week we learned that the Swedish have also kicked uh, this same mob, Vattenfall, away, saying that they, their proposed windmills out at sea, offshore wind farm, would have negative effects on the environment. Take note, Chris Bowen. Take note, Labour, Tanya Plibersek. Negative effects on the environment. That's offshore windmills and is against the national interest. That's Sweden. How dare you inflict this on us, Labour? Absolute disgrace. Meanwhile, James, we learn more and more that uh, uh, the EVs, the electric vehicles, uh, there's a ferry in the middle of somewhere or other that's on fire because of all the electric vehicles. Yeah, in the North Sea, and it's actually quite tragic because at least one sailor has died the the uh, the cargo ship by the way a pod of more than 50 whales dead in mass stranding on the isle of lewis in scotland 50 fracking whales dead new jersey unexplained dead 55 whales i mean it's insane what's going on directly attributed to this new windmill in the ocean bulldog transporting what's believed to be a whole load of EVs. Now, the thing is about EVs and these batteries, and we're seeing this also with the e-scooters and the e-bikes that are littering our footpaths all over the Western world now in the name of saving the environment, um, that they catch fire. And once they catch fire, they're almost impossible to put out. They burn really, really hot. And, you know, once they all catch fire, it's an absolute disaster. Now, we're supposed to be putting these things in the, you know, uh, basement car parks of a apartment yeah, Come exactly. On. And, and uh, councils are spending a fortune. Exactly. You've got, I don't know, hundreds of these. Did you know, Squirrel, that um, just one little company, Nissan, has had hydrogen vehicles for 30 years? Very successful. In fact, our friend Steve at Wilkins Mazda sent me over a clip about the automotive news on the hydrogen car, and the title is The Perfect Might Be the Enemy of the Good, and that is their argument. As to why, why isn't anyone promoting hydrogen? It's always got to be the EV. Now, we know the fire start. We know the chaos that it brings. And yet, here we are. Because the reason is, this is a multi, multi-billion dollar scam. From the windmills, to the solar, to the EVs. It's about the fraud. Not about what's best for the environment. If things were best for the environment, we wouldn't be bombing the hell out of at least four different European countries. And in there lies the real scandal. Nuclear. It's pronounced nuclear. Whatever. Nuclear. What about nuclear? Can't hear that. In the meantime, we're going to have the government, the American government, is going to start to fine bulb retailers and manufacturers $452 a light bulb. And this is all done for the agenda of green. And it gets me thinking, who exactly is in charge of all of these scandals and policies? 
Let's go late and lift the world. For Muslim, for, we cheer for Muslim athletes like Kareem Al-Jubb and, and, and Joan Shingang, Shanga Koawa. Ban on transgender. By the way, Squirrel, this is in the last seven months. This isn't like it's going back. Americans, transgender Americans. Mr. President, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very oh, much. I appreciate it's great it. to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Don't go anywhere. That's it's- my favorite when he gets up and walks away like a drunk baby on wet grass. It's a very exciting day around here. Um, we'll have reactions. And what is their economy really producing? Look, gas, here's a good way to think of it, because we've had rising wages and falling prices. A year ago, if you pulled up to the pump, you could get five and a half gallons of gas for an hour of work for a middle wage worker. So you pull up to the pump, it takes you an hour of work to get five and a half gallons. Now you get eight gallons for that hour of work. Okay, so that's that's a 40 plus percent improvement. Okay, and that's talk the- about where we started, because when he took office, it was 239 a gallon. Now it's about 360 a gallon. So we're still in less than two years in a worse place. So it depends on. Yes. It depends. I mean, it depends on what your benchmark is. He's the easiest president to run against. The easiest one. But are any of the Republicans outside of Donald Trump and maybe on occasion Ron DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy for sure, are any of them actually running against Biden? I can't help but notice out of this cavalcade of corruption known as the Republican primary. What are what is the agenda of the Republican candidates? One of the things we need in our elected leaders for them to tell the truth, even if it's unpopular. Donald Trump is not running for president to make America great again. Donald Trump is not running for president to represent the people that voted for him in 2016 and 2020. What is Will Hurd running for president for? Donald Trump is running to stay out of prison. And if we elect... I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Now, do you think Will Hurd, who has been at the root of every foreign policy scandal, he's been in every corrupt nation of our foreign policy since his time starting at the CIA, from Afghanistan to Iraq to pick one, do you think he understands the nuances of exactly what we're seeing in the oligarch-run former Soviet Union, both of whom who have bribed the Biden crime family? Do you think he understands it? I don't think he does. That year, Zelensky ran for president. He was a comedian. He had no political experience. Why did he win? Because he, he won, ran on one issue, signing the Minsk Accords. As soon as he got in there, Victoria Newland and the White House told him he couldn't do it. Then Putin sends 40,000 troops in. That's not enough to conquer the country. Clearly, he wanted us to come to the negotiation. He wanted somebody to come to the negotiating table. Zelensky came to the negotiating table, signed a new agreement that was the Minsk Accords II in 2022, and that would have allowed Donbass to stay and Lugansk to stay to remain as part of, of Ukraine. We said Putin signed it, Zelensky initialed it, and Putin in good faith began withdrawing troops from the Ukraine. What happened? We sent Boris Johnson over there to torpedo it. Because we don't want peace with we want the war with Russia. What a- it's a shame he has that voice issue, and I mean that. It's a shame. Because what he's saying is quite powerful. He is being discounted. He is being ignored. He's being attacked by other candidates in the same fashion Trump is. And in there lies the real warfare, welfare, policy, protection 
that we're going to get. Because when you have Republican candidates, not running against the failure and the corruption in the Biden administration, but they're running against Donald Trump, that shows you what we have here is a theater production, a carnival trick. From William Hurd to Chris Christie, to name anybody else except maybe Vivek Ramaswamy and maybe on occasion Ron DeSantis. Who exactly is running against the Democrats? All right, great to see you in New England, Governor. Um, I would wanted to know, um, people like my wife and I and small business owners saw a great transfer of wealth out of our pockets into the hands of billionaires like Bezos and Gates and also into the hands of, of government officials like Whitmer and Newsom. Would you support a constitutional amendment to prevent any more shutdowns from any other alleged Chinese viruses? And also in your plan, are we going to be abolishing the IRS? So I'm, I'm game for that. You know, you send me that. Uh, we'll, we'll sign. Look, I think at the end- I have to tell you, I like Ron DeSantis. I live in the state he governed. I don't like how weak he was there. I don't like how afraid he was there. I really don't. That should be an absolute. And, and the questionnaire forgot the wealth that we sent over to the Chinese Communist Party since Joe Biden was allowed to usurp the office. See, these are the issues at hand. End of the day, what happened was um, it already violated the Constitution, the Fifth Amendment, because if you take somebody's property, you've got to provide just compensation. And I mentioned the remark. No, 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 Ron. This government provides compensation to people who don't want to pay their student fracking loans or go to work and pay their rent. And that's what you should be all running against instead of Donald Trump, who was a former Democrat. 312-642-5600. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. AM560. The answer. Then somebody better run against that freaking vaccine. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about what really happened. And I still want to talk about the Wuhan. Yeah, we can talk about Pfizer research and development. But I, somebody better really run against that. Because if you're going to try to try to stare your way into office and not mention how stupid it was to insist that people wear f- masks. What are you kidding me? And then force that drug into people's arms without knowing what it would do. And then censor, hide the true information. Somebody better pay some repercussions. There'll be consequences and repercussions. Dominic, Glendale Heights. Yes, I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, bam, a text message from Asa Hutchison's wife comes over. His wife? My phone begging for money. Yeah, Susan. You sure she's not begging for an escape plan? You imagine him coming at you with that hair hanging down on one side from that stupid comb over? You send him money, I'm going to kick you in the knee. No, they're texting people now. They got no choice. Yeah. They're begging, begging, begging. Yeah, you should send them a, a coupon for Supercuts or a gift card. Cut off that comb over, dimwit. Drew in Naperville. Hey, Sean. Um, great show as always. Um, so the guy who you were playing, his name escapes me, the ex-CIA guy. You're talking um, about Will Hurd. Will Hurd. Yeah. Will, He's got the underbite. Will yeah, he needs a soup bone in his mouth. <laughs> well... Will Heard, just like the the Secret Service, they're protecting the investment that the Chinese have made in them, and the CIA knows where all the where all the skeletons are buried. Well, do you know how many guys I know that have made a tremendous amount of money in their life and today have none 
because of taxes, because of other investments not panning out the way. Do you know these idiots who never worked a day in their fracking life? What did this punk who did nothing in his life, how did he make 6 to $14 million? Can you explain that to me? It's, it's got to be more than that. He's just got it hidden it's away. It's because they're bribed. You see, Drew, they've yeah. carved out a way to never pay any taxes and never have any income because they legalized political bribery. They literally legalized an entire sec. And if you write a check, nobody pays any taxes and you get the deduction for writing the check. So you have incentivized and legalized political corruption in what used to be called the bribery scandal. And that's how they all become millionaires. And they run to fend off attention. Will Hurd has never done anything in his miserable life except maybe a few war crimes. But I'd like to investigate exactly what he was doing in Afghanistan. Thank you very much. Well, he... He knew he knew how to he knew how to get pay to play. That's all, please. That's what they call their 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 economy. They don't know how to make money like you do. They don't know how to go to work, take their check, and figure out how to maybe try to make more with it. What's left over from the cost of living? They never sacrificed a day in their life or worked. Will Hurd's a scumbag. What do you think of that, Will? You and your CIA pals. Tell them, Tom Blue Island. Hey, Sean Diddles, brother, as always. Sean, I have an inkling, it, and it's just instinct. I, I don't feel DeSantis's heart is in this. I believe he, and regardless of what anyone thinks of Trump, um, and I think DeSantis someday would be an incredible president. I just oh, feel I don't he know thinks about this it, is a bad fight. He, he, worked, he worked as, opinion. you know, he navigated, listen, he's a great governor, there's no question about it, but he navigated his way up through the system. Donald Trump, too. I want to investigate some of those policies. The sad part is, it doesn't matter because we all were robbed. And we've got that chip on our shoulder. Not to mention, we know what the Department of Justice is doing. They're persecuting, not prosecuting. So, this is the corner we're in. I'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. Are you enjoying Bidenomics, whatever the hell that is? It's like John Maynard Keynes if he was a D student. That's what Bidenomics is. It's a scam and a fraud. Now, the so-called Tea Party was born out of Barack Obama and Obamacare, but more importantly, the scandal of his economic plan, which was nothing more than a pass-through of corruption. And everybody was outraged. Outraged! How could he have Solyndra, an absolute front and a scam? How is yellow trucking any different? It isn't. And I'm going to have EJ and Tony on to discuss. EJ, how are you, kid? Uh, Sean, I'm scratching my head trying to figure out the same thing. How is this any different? And it's a bipartisan example of a policy of corruption. And this is what I mean. When Barack Obama spent, what was it, $700 billion on yellow trucking, it was considered, oh, he's, he's saving the trucking company. When the reality was what he was doing was paying off corrupt union labor extortion mafia. And it's the exact same thing Donald Trump did. One of the last things he did in his presidency, another $700 billion. And now the, the company is gone. 
and the people have got Sangul. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, I mean, it's, it's really amazing, Sean. Actually, this is something we've talked about before, how Trump's presidency, the first three years, he did so many good things. And then in his last year, uh, I mean, so things that- really, really fell apart on his watch. Now, I mean, was some of that because, you know, he was fighting with a uh, uh, Congress that was partly controlled by Democrats. And so they were always sending him garbage to sign. Yes, yeah, yeah that, that's true. But he, he still definitely deserves, I think, uh, some of the blame here. But he was afraid to make the argument. I played a clip when I when I talked about this last week, because I talked about this last week as it was all falling apart. I thought this was uh, earth shattering. I really did, because I believe in private economics. I don't like government corrupt subsidies mirroring itself and imitating itself as as business. But we adopt the language of the swindler. So in other words, we adopt the language of subsidies when we talk about oil companies keeping their own profit. Somehow that's a subsidy. Well, that is not a subsidy. You're giving them their own money and allowing them to keep it. What you do for these front organizations, which mirror themselves as everything from trucking companies to car companies to manufacturers and everything else, is you're giving the public money, the people who are struggling every day, you're giving their tax dollars to these multi-billionaires and they steal the money and close up shop and you have nothing. Whether it's Wall Street or yellow trucking, it is a theft of the public money. I really view it that way. How do you view it? Well, 100%. I'm, and, you know, frankly, that's, that's what a lot of these government schemes are. I mean, look at inflation. What is inflation except a giant transfer of wealth from the public to a small handful of individuals, right? So yeah, many that's... of these government policies, we forget that government can't actually create wealth, right? No. So, so many of these government policies well, just transfer wealth. That's because you're an economist, And you understand that language. But the average guy, ah, he says, ah, what are you going to do? We've had it. My father had it and the rest of it. And they, they glaze over. But what this is, is an illusion of employment. And that makes it worse. Because this company, because of inefficiency, stupidity, whatever you want to say, wasn't really a company for the last 30 years. It was only existing because it had political ties and union corruption. And they were able to finagle money that banks would would have never given them and stopped giving them decades ago. So the people who are busting their ass get robbed again. This is my hardest problem with this idea of a collectivist government controlled economy. They never turn out winners, only losers. And it's because we allow this system of favoritism. It's a welfare system and welfare comes in the corporate welfare cost a thousand times more than paying somebody's rent, which I also don't agree with. How are we going to get a politician to explain this when the Republicans support this kind of corruption? Oh, well, you, you can throw on not just paying other people's rent, but paying other people's student loans, too, since apparently that's in vogue these days. Yeah, of I, I mean, I, I think the only way the only way you're going to get a politician in there who, who actually fights this garbage is if people are aware of just how much these different programs, if you want to call them that programs, these bailouts are costing the American people. The average Joe needs to realize that he is being bankrupted. His kids and grandkids futures are being bankrupted by all these bailouts of special interests. And I don't care whether it's Solyndra or yellow trucking or, or one of the big three automakers, any of them. And, and then there's more. Like we said, there's things like student loans and beyond. You know, the saddest part is that this 
This is a cancer that metastasizes quietly. And it hides in this idea as saving jobs. I'm reading just out of 50 different articles. They all use the phrase saving 20,000 Teamster jobs. And the reality is you, you didn't save any of them. They're all out on the li- They're all out now. So it really isn't about saving the company or saving the jobs. It's about lying in a way that is palatable to the people. And that's all this company is. That's all the big three have turned into. That's all the healthcare system really is. It's this redistribution to where the people can tolerate it because they feel there's a virtue there. And, 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 and the saddest part is, EJ, is we lose sight of why we were the richest country and being the youngest is because our government was not permitted to do this until after 2000, 2008. You know, pick a pick a, 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 a virtuous socialism that the people abided by, because we've had it a few times in our history. But now this is regular business. And now how do you stop it? That's my question for you. Oof, well, that's a good one. I, you know what? I, I think one of the key ingredients to stopping it is actually going to be normalizing interest rates. And the reason for that is because what happened after the dot-com crash, right, in 2000, we saw rates get cut dramatically. They were kept way too low for way too long. That helped cause the housing bubble. The response was once again to keep rates way too low for way too See, long. But- and what that did is it made it inexpensive, for the time being at least, for the government to temporarily bail out these companies and to use future taxpayer dollars to do it. But if interest rates are high, and high being a relative term, right, if they're just normal, then what happens is I think the cost gets felt a lot sooner, and maybe that'll help people be more aware of what's going on. You can never normalize a centrally controlled system. And there there should be no centrally controlled agreed upon interest rate. If someone is a professional and does very well, and the the lender is in competition to lend this guy money because he's a money-making machine, let the games begin. And if somebody wants to give him a loan at 3% or 2%, so be it. And then if another guy is a high-risk moron, then let him pay 9%. But this idea that the Federal Reserve is going to normalize things, when the reality is they give sweetheart deals to politicians and scumbag lobbyists. And that now you have this two-tiered system where they never have to reveal what they give Will Hurd a sweetheart loan for versus what they give EJ Antonia a, a regular mortgage for. And here's another thing. How many people know right now doctors can get 100% financing on mortgages? Doctor. Why a doctor? Why not a lawyer? Why not a mechanic? Why not anybody? Why not a custodian? But we've allowed this system of absolute favoritism, and it's because I think people like to be children. They like to be slaves, and they hope their master just picks them one day. And this is the problem with America circa 2023. Well, there's a lot of truth in in everything you just said. And, Sean, I I completely agree that with with the Fed as the way it is right now, it it is going to be darn near impossible to moderate uh, uh, long-term interest rates, despite the fact that that's one of the things that's part of the core mission of the Fed. Right. And, and, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, is it a flawed institution? Absolutely. Would it be better with the right people in charge? I think so. Look at look at what happened when we had Paul Volcker in there, for example. But when's the last time we had a Paul Volcker? It, it was uh, him. And Paul Volcker, if, like if I'm not mistaken, Paul Volcker was the one by Jimmy Carter and his real name was Adolf. Correct. 
<laughs> I mean, call me silly. I, I, know, I, know I don't like was, guys uh, named Adolf in powerful positions. But the reality is, I don't know how much of that I believe. And I'll tell you why. Um, this idea that these overlords are going to bankrupt us just right until things normalize, I don't like adopting that mindset. Because what you kind of do is squash out innovation, true innovation, because we've taken the decision away from the institution. And you now corrupt that institution. Whereas there should be a new guy out there who starts and says, you know what, I'm going to raise $100 billion. And I'm going to take this money and I'm going to go talk to 50 different people and I'm going to decide on who I like and what I think the chances are and go back to the old crowdfunding but venture capital idea where really the massive boom was called Reaganomics. But that started under him because he said, America is open, go to business and stripped away the regulation and manipulation of a centralized Fed. Sean, I, I, I agree with you. Here's here's the issue with, with I think with the Fed today. You can't unwind a Ponzi scheme. And so when they talk about things like normalizing the balance sheet, right, you know, in order to normalize interest rates, you can't. I'm sorry, but there is no way to normalize the balance sheet. You are going to need to to allow the the yields on treasuries to go through the roof. That is the only way you're going to solve this. Well, but the Fed refuses to do that. Powell won't let that happen because he has to serve his masters at the Treasury. So, you know, again, that's where I think if you allow somebody like a Paul Volcker to get back in there, who will allow, he'll basically say to the Treasury, you're on your own, guys. Sell those bonds yourself. And well, they should, yeah. Yields go through the roof. And they should be. But here's the other thing, too. The American people have been raped financially by bureaucrats. Who they would have never signed on to these deals. They would have never signed on to deals like the IMF Bank. You know, I was I had a guy correct me. I was talking about the IMF Bank, and he was right, by the way. He was a mortgage guy. And I said it's a half a percent that they get the money from the Fed. No, no, no. It's point zero five, not a half percent, it's even less. And they're arbitraging the debt. You and I talked about it last week. And the reality is it's an even better deal than that. And if we're not gonna have the fortitude to discuss how to really fix it and organize the debt the way it exists. We're set up to continue to feed the Ponzi scheme because in a certain way, we're not being honest with the American people. The debt is owed to us. There is only 9% of that debt that is owned to foreign investment. It's owed to us in one form or another. Now, how you decide us, is it pension funds? Did they buy it at this? Whatever. But if you're not willing to reorganize that debt, then there's no incentive to change the system of boom and borrow and bust because that's what we really have. We've got the triple B. And if we can maybe reorganize that debt to when Donald Trump took it out, it was at zero. Well, guess what? You're going to get zero. And that's it. And then, you know, do it the way you would any other investment. Otherwise, we got to sell a lie just enough, right? We got to we got to adopt that mindset. You know, did you have fun at lunch, honey? And pretend he wasn't with Kamala Harris heels up. How do you do it if you're not going to tell the truth? Oh, I think I lost him with the Kamala Harris. EJ and Tony, did we lose you or are you with Kamala Harris? All right, we're going to effort to get Kamala Harris back and uh, EJ and Tony. Hopefully one of them will have their underpants on. We're going to take a short break. 
This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. All right, the good news is E.J. Antoni is not in the back of a unmarked van with a black hood over his head. And ironically, I think we found both of them. Most Americans are a $400 unexpected expense away from bankruptcy. So Kamala Harris slipped and told the truth. You know, it's once every 30 months. But the reality is, if we're not willing to fix the true root of the problem, can we prune the tree and get back to some sort of an assemblance of an American economy? Or do we need to rip it by the root the way I think we do? Oh, Sean, you, you, I think you definitely have to rip it by the root. And the first thing you have to you have to tell people is the fact that, look, what these bonds basically are, are a get out of jail free card for future tax revenue. And so that means that when you owe taxes in the future, you can essentially just wave that government bond in the Treasury's face and say, guess what? No, I don't, because you actually owe me money and it's basically a one to one. So it's a wash. Right. Yeah. So that means that the government has to drastically cut future spending. So that's where you you really do need to take not a scalpel, but just a hatchet to the budget. You know, I think the hardest part to to take is the fact that the American people, the vast majority of the American people, you could argue even some that thought they were voting for one party or the other and the party in power. They didn't sign up to all of the financial failings and all of the foreign money corruption. So when you see so much of this foreign scandal afoot, whether it's the Horn of Africa, the tens, if not hundreds of billions of dollars there or in the Middle East or in Ukraine and all the rest of it. Has there ever been a dialogue about what happens for this money that is wasted on foreign folly? And can we, in fact, send a bill to the IMF Bank, which is supposed to be this independent entity that exists on altruism? Is there ever any talk in Washington about exactly how much of our 32 trillion dollars has been wasted or stolen in foreign countries there there is absolutely zero appetite to have that discussion the closest thing i have heard are a handful of politicians who think that the fed needs to stop funding the imf that the fed needs to stop uh printing all of the money for these un boondoggles and all the other garbage where our tax dollars whether it's literal or or figurative or going around the world and paying for all these things instead of, oh, I don't know, maybe fixing infrastructure here at home like the water supply in Flint, Michigan. Gee, wouldn't it be great if all those billions of dollars that have gone to the Ukraine had been used to help those people instead? You know, the system that is so corrupted, but yet it has endless funding, there's no incentive to really fix it. I mean, if you were to step back and think of a way to bankrupt a nation, could we do anything differently that that wouldn't bankrupt us faster? Is there, I mean, if you look at it from the point of view of the swindler, isn't this the perfect con, the way the system is set up right now? Well, Sean, I, I tell you what, it, it's scary, but I can't tell you how often I watch uh, what, frankly, both parties are doing in Washington. And I think to myself, if I were intentionally trying to destroy the country, I don't know what I would do differently. I mean, this yellow trucking scam, I think, is, is it should be the one that we use as the example as to why governments cannot subsidize private companies, no matter what the phony virtue is. This is a company that has never made a dollar since it was first bailed out in 2009 when you when you fungigate the money you're talking a tremendous amount of money a billion and a half dollars 
gone, and it's a direct transfer from the hardworking taxpayer America to this pretend entity, which really isn't a company and hasn't been since it first went bankrupt in 2008. Can we maybe get some smart people to work on that fact that for the last 14 years, this has been a transfer of taxpayer dollars, so it looked like a company that generated anything? Oh, Sean, we are we are certainly doing our best to try to get that message out. I mean, at the end of the day, if you subsidize failure, you will get more failure. And that's exactly what we've seen in the wake of all of these bailouts. You have created such an enormous moral hazard across the entire financial sector and, and actually beyond the financial sector into anything that, that involves finance, into every industry, frankly. Businesses now know that if as long as they're too big to fail, they will ultimately get rescued and the taxpayer will be left holding the bag. And what the American people have to understand, if there's too big to fail, there's too small to get started. And what you've done is just prevent the idea of functioning companies that would have been not only no cost to the American people, but a winner to the real American government. And the idea is, I don't think that the American citizen writ large knows the difference between private economy and government-sponsored failure. And if we can't explain this or get candidates to explain this, can we stop it? And if not, why should we get excited about Republicans who say they're going to do something right when they're all afraid to touch this subject? Oh, I, I don't think there's any reason to get excited about about most of the Republicans right now that, that you see running. I don't care whether it's for president or, or frankly, any office at the federal or, or, or state or even local level. You know, if I mean, look, look at the sorry state of education today. I mean, Ch- Chicago is a perfect example. Look at how few children can actually read, write and perform their arithmetic on grade level. It is absolutely appalling. Our education system has failed us. But that's so perfect. Politicians have to step up here, and they have to take the lead in educating people about these issues. For a corrupt government that doesn't want the conversation among citizens that we're having right now on this show, the idea of private sector versus government-sponsored corruption, it's, it's, it's in your best interest to undereducate the people. And that's why they'll never be fixed, because it's the perfect system to steal. So what I need, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, EJ, I see their one candidate can have this subject with integrity and the idea to fix it. One, and it's Vivek Ramaswamy, because Trump's the one that signed the last check for the $700 billion. What say you? I tell you what, I have been incredibly uh, impressed with Mr. Ramaswamy. I had the the pleasure of having dinner with him a couple of weeks ago. And again, he was very, very impressive. I really, really liked what he had to say. That's not an endorsement of him. I'm just simply saying he was incredibly impressive. And I'm not sure the last time I saw a Republican who was that articulate on every single conservative issue. Would you like to see, I'd like to see Trump redeem himself and mention this and say, if I could go back, I would have never gave him the $700 billion. Do you think that might be a strategy for him to start running against oh, his last years of failures? Absolutely. I think one of the best things that, that Trump could do that would win more people over to his side would be to apologize for his failures. I love it. EJ Antoni, you don't have to, because all you do is try to right the wrong at the Heritage Foundation. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. I truly appreciate you. No, thank you, as always, for having me. We'll be back with your calls and comments. 
He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM 560, The Answer. AM 560, The Answer. With the traitor and thief, Joe Biden. The best lunch date in Washington. Where are my panties? Kamala Harris, you had 537 people in charge of this policies. That's it. 537 people are responsible for the circumstances we find ourselves in. Some of them are astonishing to me. Most of them are economic illiterates. But the idea that we can't articulate the difference between a subsidy and letting somebody keep their money, this is the root of our problem in politics. This is a congressman, Raul Grayaval, whatever, from Arizona. And listen to him discuss allowing companies to keep their money, and he's arguing against it as if it was a subsidy. Oil and gas companies raked in record profits last year, uh, but it appears that House Republicans are done. Uh, You know who raked in the greatest profit of any entity on the planet? The American government raked in the most profit and did nothing. In fact, it can't even provide some of the services it pretends it does. But it wasn't enough to fund it. Even though it was a record, they had to bury the people under another $3 trillion of debt. But he's mad at the oil companies. Arguably the only entity in the conversation that ever really delivered a value. They give them a handout after handout. This week they're trying to give them a free pass to avoid conserving the lesser prairie chicken and the Endangered Species Act in and of itself. I don't even know what the hell he's saying. But when you let people keep their money, you're not giving them a handout. A handout is your entire eco-Nazi agenda. The handout is wind and solar. Those are handouts. They can't make real money. So you have to give them the people's money without ever discussing it with the people. That's what 537 politicians have done to this nation. So if we're not willing to have the conversation and what the difference is between a fake company like Yellow Trucking and a real company like Pick an Energy Company, then we're forever lost in the soiree of socialism. Right, Cream Puff Jim? Yeah, thanks, Sean. How are you? I was thinking of a new deal today, and Francis Perkins in particular, the genius behind Social Security. Ooh, the, yes. The, the eight-hour eight hour work week. Yeah, the yeah, data work week and child labor. Do and me a favor me- before you go off in your in your communist soiree. Exactly what is Social Security and how does it work? What is Social Security? Social Security has benefited uh, four that- million Americans. How? For since nineteen, whatever it was passed, it's benefited how? more Americans than any other policy ever invented by the United States of America. That's Just answer the how. I know the I know the communist spin on it. How does it work? Well, here's how it works. It works. You, you, yeah, you, when you go to work, whenever you go to work, they have a record. When you go to work, say so you go to work. In those days, you had to work at eight years old. But after they uh, got civilized and made it 16, at least, you start. they start taking eight bucks a week out of your check. Eight bucks. And if you oh. live to, yeah, yeah, if you live to be 50, it's a savings plan. Oh, where's the money? Where's the money go? And you and are you the only one that pays it, or does your employer also pay? And it's a hell of a lot well, more than eight dollars. Sure, no, yeah, I'll well, show you my check. 
Yeah, but the employee, the employee plays a certain small percentage of it. But the point is, it works perfectly well, and they have to fix it. Now, so you know I'm uh, fond of you, right? You know I take you all the time, and I'm fond of you, right? Yeah. You know that, yeah, right? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. You, you realize how, how stupid you just sounded? I mean, I like you, but you know how stupid you sound, yeah. right? Because well, what, like what you describe doesn't even exist. See, this is the problem. Thank you for the call, Cream Puff. This is the problem. What he described is a sales pitch from Madison Avenue that never, ever, ever operated like that. Swindlers, politicians, figured out how to tell people like Jim, who's probably an affable guy. If you got to sit in a truck and it's hot and sweaty and you're both 450 pounds, he's probably a wonderful guy to be around. Really. But that's a lie. It is a shakedown tax. You and your employer. And the people that collect it, more often than not, never paid into it. In fact, that money goes to people who have just gotten here and all kinds of swindles. And the reason that they have to continue to write those checks is because the government never did any of that. There's no savings account. There's no insurance account. It's a tax on you and your employer. And what they also did is sell you a psychological welfare system that most people think they have money coming that they're never going to get. See, the government never wants to pay you that money. That's why they make it so difficult to collect it. It is a failed policy of a swindler socialist who knew that the government was bankrupt and had to come up with a way to fund it. And that is what the real legacy of socialism and FDR and all the rest of it. None of it, none of it works. It would be wonderful if there was some utopian system, but there isn't. However, what have you done to the country is that you put in that seed of corruption, that seed of socialism. And now people like Jim, who's a wonderful guy, I'm sure of it has no idea how ridiculous he sounds or the policy and the cancer that it created. There is no social security. There is only welfare redistribution. They didn't do, and when I say they, I mean the government. Like always, they never do what they sell you. But who is really in charge of the government? And you realize, traitors. President Biden's son, Hunter, has admitted making hundreds of thousands of dollars from his association with the company backed by the Chinese Communist Party. He's a traitor to the Communist Party. By the way, the Communist Party, they sell this kind of utopian to their slaves, too. They don't have the money either. They just are more upfront about the lie, and they're more upfront with the cure. They kill their people. Brian Wheatfield, Indiana. Wheatfield, Indiana. Hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Best show on the radio. I just wanted to add something with this yellow uh other trucking companies that were ltl freight which less than truckload like yellow roadway uh consolidated freightways pacific intermodal express carolina freight i don't know there's a, probably another dozen all union yeah and then the four suckers that but they the would work. have yeah. and you know brian this is the argument i had with the first bailout for wall street Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, they all should have went out of business, the crooked bastards. Because then you allow the new guy to come in and operate and really benefit people. And ironically, you would have had more people succeed both in the union and out of the union. But instead, you had this illusion of a company that did not exist. It was just a pass-through of corruption. And that's my argument against it. And you know what people call me? Oh, you're a purist. No, I'm a realist. You can either have real economy or government fake economy. Now, the government fake economy, it's easier. You don't have to do any work, and there's no reality. It's just more corruption. But I want to end that 
so that the private companies like the one you work for can thrive. Thank you very much, Brian, for the call. And this is it. How do you add up the devastation to honest labor? You can't. So you just sweep it under an umbrella of corruption, like an extortion mafia. You know what they're called. 312-642-5600. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Did you know, Squirrel, 8,000 people in America die every day. You know how many of them die that have paid into Social Security for 20, 25, 30 years? What happens to that money, Squirrel? I mean, they can't leave it to their kids? Well, I thought it was a savings account. Didn't Jim say it was a savings account? I know he did. Because it's not. It's a Ponzi scheme of corruption and fraud. Kind of like subsidized trucking companies. MC, Northwest Indiana. Okay, you know what yellow should have done? They should have had a hiring freeze and and, and another freeze until when they brought roadway. You're talking in the 90s. Do you know what's interesting about this debate? And yellow could have saved itself. It was if it was allowed to not have redundant. What do they call those places where you you make the trucks pull in and get unloaded? My mind is shot. Yeah. They had them redundant. They were across the street from each other, uh, where they had to drop off the loads and then ship them out again. That was all in the union contract. The union would not let them organize and improvise and bring themselves to the future because they were afraid it would lose jobs. So they had them do redundant unloading and loading. It's a fascinating story, MC, and, and enough people should know about it, and they will now, because you're right. They brought roadway, I think, what was it, 93 or 4? 94, around 94, around that time. Yeah, see, that you're exactly right. If they were allowed to reorganize then, they'd still be in business today, but they weren't because they needed the appearance of success, and they were subsidized. Thank you for the call, MC. I truly appreciate you. Uh, Don in Bloomingdale. Hey, uh, this is for Cream Puff Jim. If uh, Social Security was such a great idea, why are so many government workers allowed to opt out of it? Well, they're, why wouldn't they be fighting to get in it? They're mandated, right? But here's the other thing, Don. That's the, the way you fix it. Why do I have to be in a union to not right. participate? I'm an American. I don't want to participate. Give me my money back. You don't owe me anything. Deal's off. And think about if you did 40 million people like that, because you don't have the money anyway. We're helping the right. government. Here, now you don't owe us the money. Just give me our, my money back. You know why they can't do that? They don't have the money to give it back to me, because they stole my money, like they stole every American's money. Thank you, Don, for exposing light on one of the, my favorite examples of government corruption. Sold as a utopia. It'll be great. See, you hit a certain age, squirrel. Then you just retire, and we're going to send you the money. Oh, sure. They're going to hope to God you don't live another day. That's why if you've ever known anybody on Social Security and they die, they go back and get the money if they overpaid you five cents because they don't have the money. It's a Ponzi scheme. John Garfield Ridge. Hey, Sean, how you doing, brother? Wonderful. How are you? I'm good. Good. Thanks. You know, uh, every time Elizabeth Warren opens her mouth, I throw up a little bit in mine. So does an Indian. You know, yeah, well, somebody needs a reminder that uh, just because you're conceived in the backseat of a Jeep Grand Cherokee doesn't make you an Indian. Oh, I like that. But she had high cheekbones like Chuck Connors, who played Geronimo, one of my favorites. Take a look at it. I I hear you. You know, you take out a loan, you pay back a loan. You know, all there is to it. You work hard, 
two, three jobs if you got to do it. Uh, oh, that's discipline the... yourself, pay it off. You know what you just described? The way. That's, that's the... what I had to do, Sean. You, you know? just described the American way, and uh, Elizabeth Warren is selling the communist way. But Elizabeth Warren is a charade fraud herself. I do like the fact she's very similar to Chuck Connors, not just because she's a mirror image of him, but because he used to play the rifleman in the morning where he was killing the Indians. Then in the afternoon, he shot Geronimo, where he was pretending to be an Indian. And Elizabeth Warren got elected to be the Senate, in the Senate like that. All right, we'll be back in 21 hours to expose the scams, kick the teeth down the collectivists, the Marxists, you know, your average Democrat. 21 hours. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.